G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. Today with Jeff Vines, author, pastor, apologist and Bible teacher with a straight-talking message from the Word. One kind of courage will slay your giant. The other kind of courage will get you slain. True courage is seeing your fears through the lens of God's will and God's promise. Today with Jeff Vines. Hello and welcome. My name is Bill and thanks for joining me again here on Today with Jeff Vines. In this episode, we're continuing to talk about slaying giants, just like David did, the future king of Israel. As a young shepherd, he gained fame first as a musician and later by killing the giant Goliath. This story is helpful for us in learning how to defeat the giants in our own lives. So let's continue the message now. We're in 1 Samuel chapter 17. Here's Pastor Jeff. Now, here's what I really like about this story. Look at David's response, verse 29. Now, what have I done, said David? Can't I even speak? He then turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter, and the men answered him as before. Oh, I love this. Now listen, this might be the most important leadership lesson you've ever received from Pastor Jeff. If you're a CEO, if you're a leader of any kind of organization, listen to me. Listen, don't defend yourself against critical people. They have a disease. You ever met anybody besides your mother-in-law that's just critical all the time? (laughs) You ever met somebody just cynical and critical absolutely all the time? Come on, have you met them? You've met them, haven't you? Do you realize it's a, it's a symptom of a greater disease? Do you know what the disease is? Giant avoidance. A person becomes critical and cynical when they won't deal with the real issues in their lives, so they gotta go straighten everybody else out. Don't waste your time. These people are too hard. Don't defend yourself. Pray for them, but move on, and don't let them deter you from the mission you know God's called you on. I'm just saying When you get serious about facing the giants, people in your life are going to feel threatened by that. Just keep moving. And now we come to the end of the sermon. Just like last week, we dealt with the three points. Now here's the fourth point, but it's really what the sermon is all about. And I'm going to need you to really hone in here, okay? Giants come into everybody's lives. All right, you're going to have to deal with it. If you ignore them, they just grow and get bigger and take over your whole life. Especially if it's that one sin in your life, that one sin that you know shouldn't be there. And every time Pastor Jeff starts talking about it, you just hope he'll change the subject pretty quickly because you know he talks so fast it won't last that long. (laughs) But every time I talk about it, the Spirit brings it to your mind. You keep ignoring it and it's growing and growing and growing till one day it will kill you. The wages of sin, death. But you know what? After you understand that and you realize that if you turn and face your giant, you're gonna be criticized and you're you're gonna take the road less traveled. 
but it leads to the abundant life and that God will give you the power, then one day it will dawn on you that giants are defeated with courage, true courage. Now, I need you to stay with me, okay? Go to that area like you did last week and you put your thinking cap on. Oh, this is going to be tough. It's going to be, I promise, it's about to get really tough. Every time I've heard a pastor preach on this, and I am chief of all sinners, I've done the same thing. They preach on the David and Goliath story, and they'll always say this. I've done it too. Goliath represents the fears or giants in your life, and David represents the way you should deal with the giant. Run straight at him. Kill him. Cut off his head. And we all get so spiritually pumped up. Yeah. Ooh. And everybody walks out. Yeah. Pastor Jeff said, I'm going to go out and confront my giant and just behead him. Boom. The bigger they are, harder they fall. <laughs> now, if that inspired you when you heard a sermon like that, chances are that at that moment when you heard that sermon, you really weren't terrified of anything. Because if you were, you know that's just too doggone simple. Oh, but you felt good for about a half an hour after and then reality smacked you on the face Monday morning. But Pastor Jeff said, just rush him and behead him. I don't even know what that means, but it felt good at the time. If somebody says to you, suck it up, be like David, you know it's too simple. Now, Robert Alter, a great Hebrew scholar, and for those of you who thought, I mean, look, he says that we in America have not understood the power of this text because we don't understand Hebrew narrative that the primary point in this whole story of David and Goliath is not good guy, bad guy. It's not a champion and a loser. Goliath is to be respected in some cases because he's a warrior. He's earned his stripes. He's a champion. It's not about a champion and a loser. It's, it's, it's not about a courage and lack of courage. It's not even about faith and lack of faith. He says the whole story of David and Goliath that you discover when you realize that most of the letter in the Hebrew narrative is given to the setup, not the battle itself, which should tell you something. The whole point of it is to illustrate two kinds of courage to us. One kind of courage will slay your giant. The other kind of courage will get you slain. And he says, first of all, courage number one, Goliath courage, is the way the world tells you and me to face our giants. What does Goliath have? Three things. One, physical prowess. Brute strength, he's strong, he's powerful. He's going to overwhelm David with pure strength. What else does he have? Two, Goliath is high tech. He is, David's low tech. He's just got some rocks and a sling. Goliath, latest and greatest equipment fresh off the shelf. Scale armor, bronze greaves, Bronze, I mean, that's really big stuff. That's the new stuff in David's day. The whole shebang. Physical prowess, high tech, and self-esteem. There is nothing in the passage to suggest that Goliath has any fear, any anxiety, any doubt at all. Pretty confident in himself. Because Goliath's courage, which is counterfeit courage, is the banishing of fearful thoughts by looking at yourself with confidence. Goliath says, look at me. and I'm, I'm bigger than you, David. Look at me. I'm high tech. You're low tech. No doubt, no fear, no anxiety. Listen, I want you to hear me. This is the way the world is telling you to deal with your fears. This is that upon which modern day counseling is built. Now I want you to hear three statements. They're gonna be important. Number one, 
Pastor Jeff likes Christian counseling. Number two, Pastor Jeff dislikes a lot of secular counseling. But Pastor Jeff thinks there's a lot of good in both secular and Christian counseling. Got it? Okay, now we got that out of the way. Today, to face your fears, you are told to visualize your success. So uh, if I'm a basketball player and the ball's not going in the hole, I'm told visualize shooting the ball and the ball going in the hole. If I'm a football wide receiver and I'm having trouble catching the ball, I'm told visualize, just dream about it. Visualize like receiving a pass from Peyton Manning and you catch it and score a touchdown. Visualize, right? If you're having trouble losing as a team, visualize winning and what that felt like and then it will become a reality. If you're playing for the Dodgers, visualize getting traded. Just visualize. (laughs) The point is, the point is, this is the way the world deals with its fears. Visualization and banishment. Banish all fearful thoughts by looking at yourself with confidence. Now, is it only me that sees a problem with this? Goliath visualized, and I'm sure he didn't see his head being chopped off. And if you visualize, if you try to banish your fear by self-confidence or confidence in yourself, you will lose touch with reality because the reality is Goliath should have been afraid. Banishing fear by having confidence in his own self-ability took away his ability to face the reality that God is bigger than Goliath. God had a proven track record of victory. Goliath should have been afraid. Nothing wrong with being afraid. It's all in how you face the fear. And that's why David's courage is real courage because true courage is seeing your fears through the lens of God's will and God's promise. Let me say it again. True courage is seeing your fears through the lens of God's will and God's promise. I'm gonna read a passage to you that I think hopefully will open your eyes. Look at verse 45. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you where and how? In the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Now, David was confident that he was going to win. Why? Because God had already promised him that he would. And he already showed David it was the will of God for David to win. Wait a minute. The Bible doesn't say, whoa, yes, it does. Back when the Israelites went into the promised land, God told the nation of Israel, if you fight these pagan lands, I will always give you the victory. But the Israelites got lazy. They didn't want to fight anymore. They were happy with the land they had. It appears that David is the only one that remembers. God told us if we fight and we stand with great courage, he will give us the victory. So that's why you don't see a lot of anxiety in David's life. He trusted God's promise and knew that God would deliver. Now, does that hurt you a little bit with David? You think, man, oh gosh, I thought David had just this great faith. Well, he did, but his faith was not in his ability like Goliath. It was in what God had already said would become a reality. Do you know the same thing happens in the New Testament in John 14 when Jesus says, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the son may bring glory to the father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Man, what is that? Is that a blank check? God, in the name of Jesus, I pray for a Mercedes. (laughs) No, Jesus is borrowing a phrase that the Caesar used. When anything was said to have been done in the will or in the name of Caesar, it meant to expand Caesar's territory and it was harmonized with the ultimate plan of Caesar in Rome. Jesus takes that idea 
And he says, if you ask me anything in my name, I'll give it. What's he saying? If you ask anything that expands my territory and is in concordance with my will, you got it. God is saying, when you know something is the will of God, he'll give you the power to slay the giant. Is it the will of God that your marriage work? Yes. You don't have to pray. Is it your will, God, that our marriage... But two of you got to be involved. Both of you got to run and you got to throw the stone and trust God to make it land exactly where it needs to land to slay the giant. You don't have to pray if it's your will. You know it's the will of God for the marriage to work and to flourish. Is it the will of God that your children be raised in a Christian home so that when they are old, they will not fall from it? Of course it is. It means mom and dad, you gotta run and you gotta be that parent God wants you to be. Throw the stone, lead that stone. Let God lead the stone. Just identify it and make it land where it needs to land so the giant will fall. Hey, can I ask you a question? Could God have killed Goliath without David? Yeah. Couldn't he have just come along? Who is this Philistine? Dead. Why does he use David? I don't know. I just know that for some reason, God has decided to partner with us in the giants that we face. To not do it apart from us, but to do it through us and to give us power along the way. Because sometimes it takes a while. But the promise of God is your marriage will, it can work. Your children can and will be godly. You can find the right vocation. You can, God wants you in the right job. He does, he does, yep. So he'll give you the power and the wisdom to see it, to open the door and close others, but you've got to trust. He doesn't want you to feel insignificant. He wants you to find your place in the world. All are the will of God. I don't need to pray. God, if it's your will, God, if it's your will, remove these doubts I have about you. Let me tell you, it's his will. You stand and you face the giants of doubt. Doubt's okay. Doubt's not a sin. No, 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 no. It's okay to bring your doubts and your complaints to God. If your heart is wounded, does God want your heart to be made well, to forgive? Yes, he does, but you've got to run and throw the rock. Jim Simbola, who's the pastor of the Brooklyn Tab, place of prayer, says Satan's main strategy with God's people has always been to whisper, don't call, don't ask, don't depend on God to do great things. You'll get along fine if you just rely on your own cleverness and energy. That's Goliath courage. Do you see what I'm saying? I don't know. Sometimes I come out here on the weekend. I think, do I communicate this clearly or do I just say a lot of things I could have said in five minutes? Now, I know you probably agree with that, but nevertheless, <laughs> am I clear? You look, you're facing giants and you, why, why? Turn and face them. God wants them dead. Turn and face them and trust them to give you power along the way, but you've got to run and throw the rock. You can't sit with the sheep and say, God, take care of the giant. No. And the reason is, is because the the more often you defeat the giant to the power of God, when God sends the next giant, guess who he's going to call on to take him out? You. Now, that is relatively easy, isn't it? If you think about, okay, Jeff, now I know what you're thinking. You're thinking now, but Jeff, what about in those situations where I don't know the will of God? Are you telling me I can't be brave and face my giant? The opposite is true. When you don't know the will of God, And I'm telling you, you know the will of God more often than you don't. You just don't realize it. But you say to yourself, the battle is the Lord's. Real courage is trusting in the will of the Father, his plan, even when it's confusing to you. I want you to meet a very special friend of mine. Look at the screen. Hey, I'm Adriana Marie. I got diagnosed with scleroderma when I was 13. It's a type of disease that's 
in your bones and your skin. It, well, it doesn't make your skin tight. Too much, I make too much collagen. My bones, what it does to my bones is like, if I stay like in a position for too long, I'll stay like that. We went to Walmart and my mom noticed that I had like a, like a rash around my waist. And she thought it was allergies or something, but it wasn't. We went to the doctors and um, my fingers were changing colors too. Whenever I got cold, it would go white, purple, blue. And then they took some blood and then they diagnosed me really quick. They called my mom and they said to come back. And they told my mom that I had um, scleroderma. When I first heard, I felt scared. I didn't know who to turn to or where to go. Then my mom found out about CCV. She said, we need to go to church and start praying about this. So we went to see, we found out about CCV. And I went there and I heard you preach. And I liked it and I prayed to God. And I hoped that he would make everything okay. And he would tell me why I have this. How often do you go to the hospital now? Is it often? Yeah, I go every month. What do you do every month? Well, they just put an IV in me. And then I get the, what is it called? Chemo, yeah. How do you feel afterwards? Are you always nauseous? Are you always sick afterwards? Or sometimes good, sometimes bad? Well, it's been pretty good. I don't really get nauseous. I, get, I throw up like the first day or the second. But then the rest of the time, I'm pretty much good. How are you feeling these days? Okay. I wish I could eat, but I feel okay. You, when you pray and talk to God, what do you talk to him? What does he say? He says that I'm going to be okay and not to worry about anything. I'm his little angel. Pray that. This is just a dream. He's going to make me better. That he's going to make everything okay. He says it's okay, what do you think he means? That, that I don't have to worry, that I don't have to be scared. I want the whole church to pray for me, my family, my mom, we need to get better. And I will get through this. Okay, just for a moment, have a seat. Now, Adriana inspires me because she shows me what true courage really is. She's got a huge giant that she's facing. It's, it's gigantic. And I know what you want me to do. And I've said it every service. Said to you, you want me to say that God is going to heal her. And I want you to hear me. God wants Adriana well. I just don't know if it's here or in heaven. The reason Jesus died on the cross was so that death would not have a victory over us. 
Adriana is an example of courage because she believes that God's sovereign hand is on her life right now. And she's facing a huge giant. And she trusts and she believes if you call her phone, the answer message you're going to get is that love is God and God is love. Because in this moment, God is embracing her and she's holding true to the will and the promise of God. The will that God wants her well. Which side? And the promise that he will not leave her nor forsake her, that he will bring together good, God's good, out of every situation, and that nothing can separate her from the love of God. And that inspires, that is what real courage is. And when David slayed Goliath, then the army all of a sudden gained its courage and bravery and went out chasing the Philistines. And when I see Adriana face her giant the way she's facing this giant, can I ask you a question? Did anybody's giant shrink in about the last four minutes? Amazing, isn't it? How your giant just got so small. However, would we not be foolish if we didn't storm the gates of heaven and ask for Adriana to be healed now? You know, God's been doing some work in my life too. And here's what he's been saying to me. Hey, Pastor Jeff, you want revival in your church? Then when your church becomes a house of prayer, I'll send revival. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you people with the gift of prayer and the gift of faith, I know we don't pray enough around here. It's the most frustrating thing in my life how we do these services, pack them in, got to get it all done. I know that, so pray for me that God would show me how this is going to become a house of prayer. Would you pray for me? And I want us to storm the gates of heaven, trusting God as she trusts God. But doggone it, we're going to go to heaven. We're going to go to the gates and we'll say, all right, God, we know, we understand, we have conquered death. Your hand is on Adriana and you're doing amazing things. But here's what we want. We want her to stand up and walk and we want her to be healed. And there's nothing wrong with praying what's on your heart. So I'm asking you to stand and I'm asking you to stretch out your hand toward my friend, Adriana, and to do it with passion and vigor. Okay, here we go. Father in heaven, we come before you and we ask you in the name of Jesus to slay this giant. Father, we know we have the promise of heaven. We know that you love Adriana. We may even know there's a part of you that is so impressed by this young lady that you say, you know what? I want her here with me. I want her here with me now. But hear our prayer. Look down upon us in our humility and our own human understanding that we acknowledge that we don't know the mind of God, only that which you have revealed. And you have revealed to us that you want us to call on your name. That you're not impressed with how many people are at this church. You're not impressed with how weak or strong sermons are. What impresses you is that, is this a place that calls on your name? We're calling on your name right now. We're asking you the power of your Holy Spirit Send your healing power that she may be made well. In Jesus' name, we pray together then. Amen. Thanks for joining us on Today with Jeff Vines. I hope that's encouraged you to identify and defeat the giants in your life, whether they're financial, emotional, or health-related giants. Join me again next time for more in this series on King David. We pray for something desperately, God gives it. And almost overnight, we turn our attention to the gift rather than the giver. 
Do you not know that God knows that? Today with Jeff Vines. For more from Pastor Jeff, head to vision.org.au forward slash Jeff Vines. Today with Jeff Vines. Just another way vision is connecting faith to your life. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.